Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Halloween-themed edition of Fascinating Nouns. This is still your stopping point for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. As we sit here at this curious nexus point, we explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, the bizarre, the intriguing, the interesting, invigorating, the quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus tonight, the diabolical. I'm your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Now, tonight's word is Satan. A dictionary defines Satan as the adversary of God and the lord of evil in Judaism and Christianity. Others will define Satan as a vegetarian meat substitute, mostly made of wheat. Now, this episode will be primarily focused on the first definition, but vegan listeners, you and I both know, your Satan can also be just as evil. You know, I personally have always been fascinated with the character of the devil, Satan, Lucifer, in the Bible, um, because it always struck me as odd that, very much like Darth Vader, you have a being that starts out as the epitome of good, an angel, who turns 180, becomes the definition of all that is bad, the devil, and becomes an adversary for everyone in the Bible, really, mankind mostly. just struck me as interesting. Um, Well, tonight's guest, Dr. Henry Kelly from UCLA, is going to clear all this stuff up. Now, Dr. Kelly is a distinguished research professor at UCLA in the Department of English. He's a biblical scholar and absolutely the the world-leading Satan expert. And he's written the the definitive book on this subject entitled Satan, a Biography. Dr. Kelly, thank you for being here today. Glad to be here, Dan. So you've kind of become an expert on Satan. Is that that correct? Well, I wouldn't say kind of. I've been studying it for 50 years. (laughs) Well, you wrote wrote a book called Satan, a Biography. It's not an autobiography, is it? No, it's an authorized biography, though. It's uh, it's quite a willing participant, Satan was. (laughs) So how did you get get involved? What kind of gave you the idea, if you can uh, remember? Well, I started, uh, my first book on Satan came out in 1968. Whoa. The Devil, Demonology, and Witchcraft. And... uh, I got interested uh, well before that, in uh, about 1959 or 60, I would say, when I was at St. Louis University. I was a Jesuit seminarian. I was studying to be a priest, and um, we were taking philosophy at St. Louis University, but uh, I also took a course in English, uh, American literature taught by a young French woman, and we studied the Salem Witch Trials, and I got interested in the various absurdities connected with the belief in the devil, and I saw a good research opportunity there. It needed to be redone. Right. So I started doing it, and uh, shortly after I started my researches on the devil, the exorcist came to live with us in the very dorm that we were living in at St. Louis University. That is uh, Father William Bowdern, who was the real exorcist in the real case that uh, the, the book and the movie The Exorcist was based on. No kidding. So I was able... Whoa. Before, this is before the book? This, I mean, this is after the this book. Is this is before after... anything. Really? So you knew him before he actually performed The Exorcism that made him famous? No, I knew him after he Afterwards. performed it. The okay. Exorcism was performed in 19... or the series of exorcisms over a period of 35 days or so in 1949 on a young boy who'd come from the Washington area and to St. Louis to to the Jesuits. And uh, he was the pastor of the Jesuit church there. Wow. And he was ordered to begin exorcism. And uh, 
So anyway, this was 11 years later. He came to live with us, and uh, I was able to interview him. Really? Yes. <laughs> Do you still I, have those interviews? Well, I, I incorporated it into my, my first, the first edition of my book, The Devil, Demonology, and Witchcraft, Yeah. was published in 1968, and uh, he asked me not to say anything about it. Um, but then when uh, Blatty brought his book out and the movie came out in 73, I, and he was saying that everything that happened in the movie happened in the real case, I felt obliged to say uh, that nothing that happened in the movie uh, <laughs> happened in the real case. That's true. And so in, in the second edition of my book in 1974, I wrote up my interview with Father Modern. Wow. And that came out again. I brought that out again in 2004. Oh, the the yeah, XSL. There's a the reprint. Book. Oh, yeah, the book. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we may have to have a separate uh, conversation <laughs> about that. That's fascinating. I'd love to hear what he had to say. Um, I love The Exorcist. That's a, I mean, it's a great movie. Uh, I think that the book is a great book. Mm. It's a great theological thriller because in there you have a, a young Jesuit psychiatrist who has a natural explanation for every event that goes on, and then you've got the older exorcist who absolutely believes that it's a demon that the devil involved there no kidding and oh, uh, whereas wow. whereas in the movie they went overboard on the devil side yeah that's the, <laughs> the, the devil won <laughs> that's, true, that's true he makes for better cinematography yeah, right, yeah. Right. um wow that's that's crazy because well here's how that kind of ties into this the thing i loved about your book say in a biography is that um, growing up, I always had a fascination with the character of the devil, and I always uh -huh. wondered what the real story was. Mm -hmm. You know, and John, you know, John Milton had that great book about the fall and the rebellion right. and the poems, and right. um, but I always wondered what the the real story was. And you've broken it down into a research book that reads like a novel, where you you I can't believe how well researched it is. I mean, you go back to original text and you find out what the original story was, and then you even research. Okay, well here's. You know, for example, exorcisms and the belief that Satan has a, a relationship with witchcraft, you break down where that came from, what passages in the Bible were either misinterpreted or interpreted differently, and how people then interpreted those interpretations and how it kind of spun into its own little world and how these things came to be thought of as real and believed to be part of the religion, whatever religion we're talking about, part of the Bible, I should say. Right, yeah. I mean, my message is very simple in the... This is my biography of Satan in 2006. Um, I, I hold that the, that the real character of Satan that appears in the Bible, only two places in the Old Testament, everybody knows the book of Job, mm -hmm. where he and God talk over uh, testing Job. Mm -hmm. And then another one, he, in the book of Zechariah, he is the, uh, the, the uh, chief prosecutor of uh, human beings. I, I hold that those two functions of chief investigator, uh, accuser, prosecutor, carry over into the New Testament, where the devil is all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he is not God's enemy. He is God's minister. He is his attorney general. And it's his function to, uh, to test people and to uh, accuse people and to keep the unworthy people out. He, he's not a nice character. Right. He's uh, suspicious of everybody and so on, but his motivation is to make sure that that uh, unworthy people, unvirtuous people, don't get to heaven. Mm. But uh, the early fathers, they transformed him into an enemy of God right. by uh, interpreting a, a line in the prophet Isaiah about the morning star, 
rebelling. And the name of the morning star in Latin is Lucifer. And they said that he, and he's, uh, one of the fathers said that this um, uh, angel rebelled against God mm-hmm. and uh, uh, was thrown out of heaven. And therefore he became um, an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. And now his motivation is totally different. It's to make good people bad. Right, so, yes. So in the Bible, the motivation is to keep bad people out. Yes. Because he's on the side of God. Yeah. You see, yeah. That's, that's what the devil in the Bible is. But uh, the devil that we all believe in that was retrofitted to the Bible yeah. is that he is God's enemy and that he's working against God. Right. And working ag- yeah. and actively undermining human beings. Right. Now, he's not a nice character in the Bible. He's yeah. sort of like J. Edgar Hoover or right. Senator Joe McCarthy. Right. <laughs> or, uh, but he's no more evil than John Ashcroft or right. uh, Alberto Gonzalez. You right, know, right. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, these great attorney generals that we have <laughs> seen in action. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's, um, you know, uh, it, it is interesting how you kind of go from you know, one. We're gonna. I've got. I want to kind of break down how we kind of went through everything, because um, I think we have to. I want to build a structure because reading the book, I get it, and I want to help people understand like right. where everything came from. Uh, but we'll ask you one question. Have you? There's a comic book called Lucifer. Um, it was written by Mike Carey. It was. It was basically. He was a character in a Neil Gaiman novel, who's a very popular mm-hmm. uh, comic book artist or comic book uh, creator. I don't know if you ever read that, but the character in Lucifer is very similar to what you're describing. Like he's not a bad character. They he, they incorporate the fallen angel thing on Earth, and mm-hmm. he's you know he manipulates people. He's a master manipulator, but he's not mm-hmm. a bad person. But he's mm-hmm. not a good person by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. There's a there's a great book. I don't know that uh, book, but there's a great book by Anne Rice called Memnock the Devil, and oh, it's in God. her vampire series. And this actually explains Lucifer as a good. Uh, angel who uh, is trying to make God pay more attention to uh, the, the human race. And so, really? Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's, it's a wonderful book. Huh. And I've taught it at UCLA in, oh, my, is that right? in my course on, uh, on the devil and uh, literature. Oh, wow. Um, well, so let's, let's, um, let's tr- I'll try to start at the beginning. Let's try to go through. Okay. Um, one of the things I found kind of interesting is when you start talking about your the first thing you make a point to mention is that grammar is important and semantics are important that the way things are the way things are structured grammatically mm-hmm. is important for example um, I believe it's an Aramaic or or uh, Hebrew term Satan s-a-t-a-n with a small s uh-huh. yes. no, with with an article a Satan right uh, yeah. and that represents an adversary right yes. And, and, yes. and as it was translated into Latin, the A was dropped, and it became Satan. And as we read it in the Western society, we see that as a proper noun, meaning a person, Satan. It actually became a proper noun when the Jews of uh, the Greek-speaking Jews, mm. a couple of hundred years before Christ, they translated uh, the Hebrew Bible uh, into Greek. And at the point in in the Job story and in the uh, in the Zechariah passage, mm-hmm. they turned him into. Uh, a proper name, the devil. Right. The Hodiabolos. Right. Okay. So that's that's when uh, he became rather than a Satan, or uh, the, the one of the several Satans. That's when he became one character. 
Okay. And then that was taken over into the uh, Aramaic and the Greek of the New Testament. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But 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 the same process. I guess the process I'm trying to emphasize is that it, we go from an adversary to the adversary. Yes, exactly. You know, right. and the, but and then it's that translation, and this is what this is kind of the theme of the book is that uh-huh. you have these translations of translations. Yes. That become, and that's how these stories. Go. It's, I mean, it is telephone it's the game of telephone where you know not everyone's not wrong they just heard it incorrectly and have created a story out of it the same thing happened with uh, antichrist there are various antichrists in in the bible in the epistles of john but that has been transformed into the antichrist Mm -hmm. and that's that's not biblical at all and where did that where did that come from uh there are several in in the epistles of saint john which are in the new testament he talks about people that are against Christ, and he calls them antichrists. The, a group of people who are against well, Christ. Well, uh, individuals that come come and go, but they are against Christ. But they're, they're, it's a common noun, and it was transformed into the antichrist. So where did that, you kind of beat me to it, I was going to get to that later, but since we're talking about it, yeah. I did find that very interesting. Uh-huh. Now, how did we get to, not, on, not only was that translation, did that translation happen into the Antichrist creating that character, yeah. but then it became incorporated into, you know, into the belief that there will be an Antichrist who, yes, right. who the, how, yeah. did that, how did that transformation happen into expecting an Antichrist to bring about the end of the world? Kind well, of? once again, the fathers of the church started to, they they try to make sense out of out of the Bible. You know, the the Bible is a collection of lots of different little books. Mm. As a matter of fact, the word uh, in Greek is the the books. That's mm. what tabiblia means, the books. Oh. And and now we've changed sure the does. books yeah. into the Bible, just as we changed Antichrist into right. the Antichrist. Yeah, you yeah, see? yeah, I do, I do. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. So you said that absolutely, yes. like and, biblioteca is a book, yeah. is a library. Yeah, and so they tried to. Uh, uh, make sense of this, and and so they developed this this theory, uh, and incorporated this one antichrist that would come, and they put him. They connected it with the Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, uh-huh. you know, the Apocalypse, yeah. uh, where all sorts of things are going on. It's crazy. Uh, but there is no no the antichrist there. You know, but but there right. is in popular belief now. Yeah, people. Sir, you talk to people, and they believe that there is in the Bible. It says the yeah. Antichrist will come and yeah. cause you know the set, right. breaking the seven seals. And right. um, well, the other thing I noticed that's interesting to go back to the beginning of the Bible is that there's lots of, and I know that there was at the time when you know when the the Bible as we know it today was created. Mm-hmm. There are a lot, you know, they were still kind of weeding out the pagan beliefs, and there are still lots of those kind of mythological things that are still in the Bible, like they talk about Hades. You know, and there's the belief that, um, um, you know, there, there's these types of leftover kind of beliefs, like that Satan looks, or the devil looks like Pan, you know. Mm-hmm. and Right, that that's something that the early fathers did too. Hades, actually, is uh, the way that the, uh, that the Jews over in Alexandria in Egypt translated uh, the pit, which in, in Hebrew was Sheol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where everybody goes after they die. And when that came into uh, Greek, they translated that as Hades, or the realm of Hades. Okay. And so in the Gospels, for instance, Jesus tells about the story of Lazarus and the rich man, Nives, and uh, he goes, uh, the rich man goes to, uh, goes to Hades. And so that, that's in the New Testament. But it's just, it's just the way that they spoke of the afterlife uh, okay. for the, the, 
the uh, place of punishment. Okay. Um, now, when you say Lucifer, that was the that was the term for the morning star, which was Venus, correct? Yes, and when um, Venus appears, it either doesn't appear because it's obscured by the sun, but it sometimes appears as the morning star, and it's called Lucifer, which means bringer of light, and when it appears at, uh, in the west as the evening star, it's called uh, Vesper, or, or Hesperus. And uh, this was just a passage in the book 14 of uh, chapter 14 of the book of Isaiah where uh, the Hebrews were instructed to to um, berate the king of Babylon that had kept mm. them captive mm-hmm. and uh, this was a passage uh, that said that you are like the morning star you're like Lucifer who who wanted to rebel against uh, God and set his throne above the throne of God but was thrown out and one of the early fathers, a man named Origen of Alexandria, said, well, it's true that this main passage is about the king of Babylon, but this particular verse is not because it doesn't apply to a human being. Mm-hmm. Ergo, it must be Satan. Right. And so that's how Satan as Lucifer was born and how Satan as an enemy of God was born. Oh, that's... And that was read back into the Bible and everybody then transformed all this attorney general stuff <laughs> in, <laughs> into uh, Hitler and whatever, you know. So that was, yeah, because I was going to get to that because Isaiah 14 is kind of the point where it's the translation of that that kind of send things into, you know, into spinning off in all kinds of directions. Yeah, but you, re- I mean, just read it and you see it's a tirade against the, the king of Babylon. Right, and, and, yeah, in the verbatim kind of yeah. literal sense. Um, well, well, so the term, but the term Lucifer, the morning star, Jesus refers to himself as that. He does, in yes. In the New Testament, the morning star is a good thing. The bringer of light. Yeah, and on the last page of the last, uh, of the last book of the New Testament, Jesus says, in effect, I, Jesus, am Lucifer. I am the bright morning star. Hmm. And in the Easter liturgy, he is called uh, Lucifer, that true Lucifer that knows no setting. Hmm. So that that Venus, that morning star that knows no setting. Right. It means setting like to go to set like the sun. Yeah, it it never. I mean, it never doesn't go away. Um, Quick side note, question for you. How Mm -hmm. many times have you read the Bible? Like cover to cover? Once. Only once. Only I once. thought it was going to be double digits. No, no. Maybe triple. No, no, I've read lots of passages many times, but I, I made my way through it, uh, page by page, only once, way back when. No kidding. And uh, then I go back and read the parts that I want to read, and right. I keep getting surprised at stuff that I must have read at one time, and <laughs> lo and behold, there it is again. <laughs> it's still in there, right? Yeah, it doesn't change. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. How did that get there? Right. So. <laughs> um, one of the other things, and I think this will be kind of like an evolution of the conversation, but I would like to know how each name, because we have so many names for the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Beelzebub, Lucifer, Satan. Yeah. Like, how did all of these names kind of become attributed to to, to that character, you know, there's the, you know, he was an angel of light, the prince of darkness. Well, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Well, Lucifer uh, means light bearer. That would yeah, be an but angel. he wasn't. Uh, that, that was never a name of Lucifer. That okay. was the name of the morning star. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the same thing they did. Look, yeah. it's crazy. And Beelzebub, uh, the uh, the enemies of Jesus, uh, the Judeans, said that he was um, exercising, casting out demons, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. And people have misread uh, that passage in in the Gospels to to uh, think that 
they were calling Satan uh, Beelzebub, but they weren't. Because uh, Jesus replies and says, look, that doesn't make any sense if I casting out demons by Beelzebub. I mean, that would be like Satan fighting against himself and mm. so on. But, but he's not saying that Beelzebub mm. is Satan. That's just an example right. of, uh, of, of, of what a dumb thing this was for, the, for, <laughs> for his critics to say. <laughs> um, what about so? There's a couple other ones. Um, Prince of Darkness, I guess, makes sense as you as we move on the evolution and you start believing. In, especially well, but to the in the uh, you know in in the Gospel of John and elsewhere, he talks about the he talks about the the, uh, the time of darkness coming in the Prince of this world. But there he's talking about but my man, my J Edgar Hoover man. Mm. Who's about to be fired? He says he's going to be lost. Uh, he's going to lose his job, and uh, uh, that's going to come. It hasn't come yet, but <laughs> he said it was going to happen soon. At some point, <laughs> back in those days. Uh, so then, Bilal, B-E-L-I-A-L. I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, Bilial is uh, a Hebrew word meaning uh, uh, perversity. It, it, it's an abstract noun. It means uh, big fat mess. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, is this still in use today? Is that could you? Yeah, it's uh, Belial is just uh, you know uselessness and so on, and it was. Uh, I don't think it was ever used of Satan. This is just a misinterpretation. I think mm -hmm. the people in the Dead Sea Scrolls mm -hmm. they talk about Belial all the time, but Belial never does anything. You know, it's a, Belial is sort of the so it's like wickedness right. with a capital W. Right. Or evil with a capital E. It's it's just an abstraction, and it doesn't. Okay. In, in other words, we are under the power of wickedness. Yeah, it's not like wickedness and, incarnate. Or yeah, anything. it's not, yeah, or personified. And, yeah. And a personification, you know, is not a person. Right. A personification is an abstract. Right. Uh, uh, an abstraction that acts like a person. Right. <laughs> or that we make act like. You know, it's like. Potato head, you know, we give them, uh, Mr. Potato Head, we give him hands and feet and right. so forth. You <laughs> Just know? a potato. So we give uh, wickedness with a capital W, we give him, a, you know, some eyes and some legs and so forth. Right, a black misty aura, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's another word in there, um, mastema. Is that uh, another yeah, name? Yeah, mastema is, uh, it, it's a variant on the term uh, satan, which means adversary, and it means, uh, uh, well, it just means adversary. And this is a character that is in the Book of Jubilees, uh, which is a Satan-like figure. But uh, but like the Satan in, in the in the Old and New Testament, he's he's a minister of God, and uh, he uh, is in charge of disciplining mankind. Mm -hmm. And when the uh, this gets into the story of the angels that came down and mated with with uh, uh, women, mm -hmm. and they begat giants. And the giant. Now, this is Book of Enoch. This so. is the Book of Enoch. Right. Yeah. Jubilees is uh, is written after the Book of Enoch, and uh, the giants killed themselves, uh, killed each other, and the God was going to put their ghosts, the spirits of the giants. He was going to put them all down into the caves of darkness, where he puts the fallen angels, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Mastema um, objects. He said, "Look, how can I do my work?" I need some of these uh, these uh, creatures to to help me discipline men because the evil of men is great. Mm. And God says, "Okay, you can have ten uh, percent of them." 
So that's okay. the story of Mastima. Okay. So once again, it, it illustrates uh, the sort of figure that Satan really is in the Bible. Yes. Before he became God's enemy. Um, well, so let's. So his first jobs were mm -hmm. one of the uh, Satan as the watcher, like you like you were talking about, observing human behavior, testing humans. Yeah. When when uh, God asks Satan what he's been doing in the Book of Job, he said, "I've been patrolling the earth." Mm back and forth. And he said, oh, well, uh, tell me, what do you think of Job? And he goes on, and then they have a discussion about Job. And so, that, so that's, that, that's his job there. He's a, and he's called an adversary because he's an adversary of man. I mean, he's, he, there's an adversarial relationship there. Well, so that theme was early on. Yeah, that, that's so what the word means, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, his, his um, that that nature, that tendency towards humans was early. In, I mean, because that's kind of what we think of him now as being. So yeah. No, his job is focused on, on humans. And that was so that yeah. that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. put that together. That that was an early yeah. kind of trait that we attributed to him. In fact, in the very er, the very first instance of a supernatural Satan in the Old Testament is in the Book of Numbers in this really fabulous, funny story of Balaam, who is a freelance uh, prophet. And the, a freelance prophet. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he's hired by the uh, by the people of uh, of uh, Moloch. I'm not getting the name right. Anyway, they want him to come and curse the Israelites, and he said, "Look, I'll uh, I have to ask uh, God first. And God tells him, "No, don't go." And then God tells him, "Go," and so he gets up to go, and then uh, the angel of God, the angel of Yahweh comes against him as a Satan. Now, Balaam gets on his, the way he goes, he gets on his she-ass, his Jenny. Mm. He gets on his ass, and, and uh, old Jenny uh, is walking along, and the angel of, of Yahweh, the angel of the Lord, comes to him, and it says right there in the text, he comes against him as a Satan. A Satan. A, a Satan. Small s. Yes, and the only... He only appears to Jenny, to the oh. ass, and the ass stops, and Balaam gets as mad as hell and beats the ass, and it goes again, and then the, the angel stops, stops him again, and uh, beats him again, and then finally the, the poor old ass uh, lies down in the middle of the road, and, and Balaam gets really furious, and, but then the angel of the Lord says to himself, I suppose, uh, maybe I better show myself <laughs> to Balaam. <laughs> Might not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wait a minute. Before that, uh, this is the funny part. Before that, the ass turns around and and starts talking and says to Balaam, "Why are you hitting me? <laughs> Haven't I served you well all these right. years?" And Balaam says, "Yes, yes, yes." And he said, "Well, well, look. Why are you hitting me?" And that's when the angel of Yahweh uh, appears to to Balaam and said, "Look, I I don't want you to go." And Balaam, oh, I thought you said I could go. Well, no, 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 I'll, 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 I'll go back if you want. And the angel of, the, of Yahweh said, no, no, that's all right, go ahead. But just say what I tell you to. <laughs> See, it's it's, it's, it's a really funny story. <laughs> it is. Well, and this is kind of what the point I was trying to make before is that, like, you have some of these stories which kind of go back to, you know, almost like an Aesop's fables, kind yeah. of, where you have talking animals. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine that animals really talked, but yeah. the story, yeah. you know, the takeaway from the story is not animals talk. Yeah. It's that, you know. <laughs> well, the only other talking animal in the whole Bible is a very famous one. And the that serpent. is the serpent. Bam, nailed it. Yeah. 
I read the Bible. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. The serpent is described, is identified as the the cleverest creature yes. that Yahweh Elohim, that the Lord God, had made. And uh, uh, so you might ask yourself, how did Satan get into the picture? Everybody says Satan was there. I, I may have written that down to ask you. You may have. I may well, have. That may have been coming well, up. I'm yeah. just publishing an article now, and it's in my book, too, that uh, Satan was not identified with the serpent until the second century A.D., until by one of these fathers again, mm-hmm. a guy named Justin Martyr. These guys. These, yeah. these guys keep screwing everything this up. This guy was a Samaritan, and i got to give it to him. He was a good Samaritan, mm-hmm. but he was a bad philosopher. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't read the text. Good guy, properly. but kind of a dunce. Yeah, so. because the Bible says right there, it's not an angel. It's not anybody. It's a. It's an animal. Uh-huh. Very smart animal. Yeah. But it's an animal. And not the. So what? What were the? What were? What did the jump did he make to to put the devil as um, you know the person who was manipulating Eve, Adam, and Eve? I really don't know because he says that. Uh, uh, God, in, in one of the Psalms, you might recall, like 82, I think, uh, there's still God talking about the gods, and he rebukes the gods and says that they've been doing a bad job and they're going to fall like one of the princes, uh, the human princes. And Justin Martyr says that uh, one of these was the, uh, the God called the serpent. And mm. he's the one that came down and... Uh, and, and did the number on Eve. So then one of the other, as we move along Satan's, I guess, basically his resume, um, mm-hmm. then he he became the, uh, you have Satan as the tester. He tests Jesus three times in the desert. Yeah, and there he's just doing his job. Okay. So in the Gospel of Mark, it says that he was just tested by the devil for 40 days. Mm-hmm. But in the uh, Gospels of uh, Matthew and Luke, it's turned into... A little drama it's like a, a rabbinical dialogue and uh, the purpose of this dialogue is to answer objections by quoting a verse from the Bible so the devil says uh, if you are the son of God and he just heard that he was the son of God because when he was baptized by John you heard the voice this is my beloved son mm-hmm. so uh, Satan who is the son of God, too, mm-hmm. identified as one of the sons of God in, in Job. Mm-hmm. So if you're really a son of God, um, you must be hungry. After 40 days, turn the these uh, rocks into bread. And Jesus says, uh, and he quotes from Deuteronomy, not by bread alone does man live, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he... Uh, takes him up to the temple and says, look, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. So he's testing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Because the psalm says, and, and the devil's got a pretty good memory, a pretty good mastery of the psalms. He quotes yeah. <laughs> a couple of verses from yeah. Psalm 90 or 91. Uh-huh. Uh, the angels, he's, God has given you to uh, their angels and they'll take care of you. You won't break your foot. And uh, so Jesus quotes again from the uh, book of Deuteronomy and uh, finally he takes him up to the high mountains and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he said all these kingdoms have been given to me to rule the devil says this mm-hmm. and I can give them to whoever I want so if you venerate me I'll um, 
make you my deputy. And Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy again. And uh, so Jesus passes those three tests. But that's very important what he says uh, to uh, Jesus there, that all these all these kingdoms have been given to me. Well, who gave them to him? I'm God, obviously. He's God's minister. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. That's Yeah, because you make that point in the book as well that that God gave the universe, basically, for the world, for Satan to watch over. Yeah. Uh, kind of patrol. Yeah, to check the... Uh, the check bad cop. The, the, human, the bad cop, yeah. Um, now, along those lines, you mm-hmm. also mentioned that uh, Michael, who's who's an, also an archangel, and mm-hmm. Satan are both angels of death, but Michael's more in charge of the virtuous souls, the saints, the you know these types of people, and that Satan gets the rest. Yeah, nice. that that seems to be the way it works out. I mean, in the Epistle of Hebrews, it said that Satan has the power of death, so that means that he has the function of the angel of death. He's in charge yeah. of uh, taking souls away, apparently. And uh, in the Epistle of Jude, which is a one-page book of the New Testament, um, Jude rebukes people for saying bad things about angels, and he said you should imitate Michael, the archangel Michael, because when he and the devil were arguing over the body of Moses, mm-hmm. uh, Michael just appealed to God, uh, the, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, in, instead of calling him names or anything. So. But there you see that Satan is, you know, he's, he's a functionary, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't be <laughs> blasphemed. Right. And, <laughs> but it seems like, especially after, you know, when with, when he's attached to the serpent, it seems that whenever someone needs a villain in the Bible, he's the villain. I mean, he's kind of the bad guy of the Bible. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, people don't like him. Jesus doesn't like him. Right. No one uh, likes him. No one likes him, no. Yeah. And he's not a nice person. I found that out by, right. <laughs> uh, you know. But he's not as bad as they say. Okay. No one has been more maligned by the media than <laughs> Satan. You know? Media going back to, yeah. you know, we're not talking about modern media. Right. This is no. media. No, for, everything. Yeah. yeah. No, no. They've given him a bad, a bad go. Yeah. Um, but he does seem, you know, yeah, because people really have... You know, he's really the epitome of evil. When you need a good versus evil dichotomy, he's the go-to bad guy. Well, he is now, but that's uh, the the making him God's enemy really was a bad turn for Christianity because it turned Christianity into a dualistic religion Hmm. uh, where you've got this really almost uh, free um, uh, canon out there doing anything he wants on the one side and God on the other side doesn't seem to be able to control him although right. by doctrine we have to say that uh, you know, God gives him permission to do everything he wants right. but uh, the way it washes out is that uh, we have become a dualistic religion between good and evil Yeah. and uh, I personally hate the word evil myself, it's a bad word Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it gives the impression that evil is a great big entity out there somewhere or it's a person, yeah. but uh, evil's an adjective, in my view, and adjectives don't exist. Hmm. Adjectives only exist with nouns, right. and so evil people are out there, evil deeds, evil this and evil that, evil storms, evil earthquakes, you know, they're bad uh, uh, for you, but there is no evil, there's no good, there's no yellow, there's no, yeah. know, there, 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 there's no happy, uh, happy doesn't exist, right. you know, and happiness, is an abstraction. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, it, it's nothing. You can't put your hands on it. You no. can't touch it. <laughs> um, 
Well, so so let's talk about this turn. Um, so the kind of from a story standpoint, <clears throat> the biggest turn in the Devils history, I guess, would be when we attached the serpent, I guess, to him, where he caused original sin and rebelled against God. In a way, you could say that he's doing his job of testing right. there, but uh, once, yeah, once he got um, identified as Lucifer and God's enemy, yeah. that was the real tw- twist. So I mean, what, what happened there? And, and kind of go into you know, when, when, when pride becomes the sin and the rebellion and the fall, how did that story come in? Is that, well, that's, a, that's not the Isaiah 14. Mr. That's Christ. Isaiah 14. It is. So let's, uh, let's go into that a little bit. That's absolutely it. Yeah. Origin of Alexandria, a brilliant man who uh, wrote lots and lots of commentaries on, on the Bible. He, he uh, lived in the 3rd century uh, A.D., um, came from Alexandria, went to uh, Jerusalem, and um, went sort of overboard on some things. So he's not really saint origin anymore, whereas Justin Martyr is St. Justin, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he was a very influential character, and he was the one that put this together. He looked at all of these things in the, in the Bible and saw that Satan was pretty bad, and so he interpreted him, uh, his origin. He, he found an origin for him by, by, you wouldn't say it's an allegorical reading of of Isaiah 14, chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 12. It's a literal reading because he says that it cannot literally apply to the king of Babylon, that, that the morning star uh, rose above the, the throne of God or, or threatened to rise above the mm. throne of God. So this is a literal spiritual reading. He says, right. he says it can't be taken literally of, of the human being, ergo, the real meaning of this is that it refers to Satan, and this is how Satan uh, came to be, how he is. Okay, and so the, and what we're talking about is the the how did the sin of pride come into it, where he rose? Well, it says it says there in the, in, in the passage in Isaiah. Uh, I mean, th- this is a prideful action. And so that's what caused him to fall. How did the other, yeah. how did fallen angels get involved in it? How does there, you know, people, there's a war. I mean, is this John Milton? Is that it will come before no, no, him? Uh, is this no, no, what happens there, it's very interesting because in the last book of the New Testament, uh, you have that battle between the great red dragon mm-hmm. with seven heads and ten horns. Ten horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's called the uh, Satan, the devil, the ancient serpent who deceives the whole world. Now, a lot of people think that that mm. is the garden serpent right. in the Garden of Eden. And that's They say, aha, it says right there, it might not say that in Genesis, but it says right there in the book of Revelation that he is the serpent, ergo, that's how we get the serpent. Right. Well, but that's not the, it's not the garden serpent they're talking about. That's the Leviathan yes. from Isaiah 27. That's the great twisting sea serpent yes. that they're talking about. So uh, um, that that's how, uh, and and then uh, I started to tell you about the fight. Yes. But, uh, then this great serpent, he's chasing this woman, and uh, the uh, Michael and his angels get involved, mm-hmm. and they uh, have a big tussle, and defeat the dragon, and he's thrown down. Mm-hmm. 
that fight was taken by later readers and put back to the beginning of time before the creation of man. That's where the fight comes in. But it's in the future. Right, because that's the, cause the whole... In the book Re of Revelation, it's in the future. It hasn't taken place yet. Right, the whole thing's in the future. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... But that's where the fight comes from. It's a future fight that was then okay. retrofitted to the past. Oh, wow, see. that's... Yeah. Oh, you're blowing my mind here, right. Dr. Kelly. But then, you know what? Oh, okay. That makes... Okay, so then that involves the... Then that's an, the angels are involved in the fight. And but then we're told... Yeah. In chapter 12 of, of uh, the book of Revelation, after this fight's over, a voice comes out and says, you know what this fight means? He explains what all this was about. The voice says, now is your adversary cast out who has been accusing your brethren day and night before the throne of God. He has been cast down and will, in other words, Satan has been fired from his job as attorney general. <laughs> right. He's history. He's gone. Yeah. But not yet. It's in the future. <laughs> right. Right. That's what, It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Oh, I didn't... That's interesting. You know, then that's totally true. That it, I yeah. guess that is exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah. And so is that where we get the fallen angels from? The um... That's one of the places, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and then, of course, those fallen, those angels that came down and mated with men, uh, yeah. they're talked about in, uh, in the epistle of uh, Jude and Second Peter. The angels did not keep their place, but they lost their place, and they were put in caves of darkness. You know, those, uh, th th those are the, uh, the uh, angels from the book of Enoch. Well, now let's let's talk about the Book of Enoch just quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, what is that exactly? For because not everyone knows what the Book of Enoch. Book of Enoch is just. Uh, a series of books, actually, a series of pamphlets. It's sort of like the Bible itself. It's made of. It's about five or six books huh. that were put <clears throat> that was put together. And the oldest one was uh, written about. Uh, let me see, about 180 B.C. Okay. And uh, it tells the story of. Uh, it elaborates upon a couple of verses in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, where it mm -hmm. says the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men and mm -hmm. found them fair. Right. And they took mates among them. And this just elaborates that story and said that these angels were called watchers, and they were supposed to be watching the, uh, you know, the universe, that sort of thing. And they came down and they mated with the, with the women. So, so the one, so the line in the Bible is, "Hey, those girls are pretty good looking." And the yeah. Book of Enoch is like the porno, <laughs> where you have, the, where you you would elaborate on the sexual escapades of the angels. exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing that really struck people about the the first chapters of Genesis. Adam and Eve were hardly mentioned. Mm -hmm. They, Adam and Eve, were hardly mentioned there. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a reference to it. Uh, Enoch uh, does a tour of heaven, and he sees the the garden uh, and the tree of knowledge, mm -hmm. where Adam and Eve uh, ate, mm -hmm. and they got a lot of knowledge. But uh, the result was that they were exiled from the garden. Doesn't mention anything else. No big deal about the sin of Adam, but and uh, most of the references to the Adam story are not. Uh, don't stress his sin. Mm -hmm. Except for St. Paul. Right. 
Well, um, let's talk about that really quickly because the sin <clears throat> is, is it Adam's sin or is it Eve's sin? Because Eve gets the one who's tempted by the serpent. Right. So who, what is the sin that Adam commits? Well, in one of the, in, in, in uh, St. Paul and in the uh, second Paul, I, I suppose you could call him, Eve is the one that's blamed right. for, uh, uh, that's, I think it's in the first Timothy that says that uh, Eve was the one that was, uh, that was sinned and therefore, uh, and tempted in, in sin, and therefore women are not allowed to speak in church. Right. <laughs> <Okay>? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Paul talks about the serpent deceiving Eve too, but Paul in Corinthians, First Corinthians and Romans, does uh, talk just about Adam. It was the sin of Adam to do that, uh, to, and and he brought uh, death of some sort into the world. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mean physical death, but uh, but death of the soul, I think. Um, so let's just take one step back. The so the fallen angels in one part, so they become the they become demons. Uh, they don't actually. Uh, this is. Uh, a misinterpretation of the the demons that we know about in the Gospels yeah. uh, only occur in the synoptic Gospels. You know those the three Gospels that are pretty much alike: Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. And they are they don't have any interest in they don't have any moral side to them. They don't tempt anything. They are parasites. Mm-hmm. All that they are after is a place to live. And they cause diseases, and the only th- reason they're mentioned is that that they're causing diseases, and Jesus is busy curing all diseases. Mm. And uh, but they're talking; they, they can talk, and they've got some knowledge, yeah, and so on. But they're it's like our germ theory and uh, bacteria mm. and viruses and so forth. I mean, we believe, and many people would think we're crazy for believing that. We believe that there are invisible parasites within us, right? That caused us a lot of trouble. Yeah, you know, that's what they believed up there in Galilee. They were hillbillies in Galilee, <laughs> and nobody, nowhere else in the Bible do you have these things. Demons. These demons. No, oh. no. Th- this is just a peculiarity of, it seems, of the Galilee, of Jesus' time, and and it was a medical theory. The people at that time believed that some of these things, like epilepsy, and uh, arthritis, and so forth, were caused by by uh, indwelling demons. So how, so then, but how did the idea of fallen angels becoming demons, where did that come from? Well, that's, that's part of the later story after the Bible was shut down. That's uh, when you get the idea that Satan is a fallen angel and that he had a bunch of angels falling with him. And that's, and that's from the revolution, or the revel, revelation, book of Revelation, believing it happened in the beginning. Right, yeah. Okay. Then, uh, Justin Martyr also said that these fallen angels, th- these uh, angels that sinned with, with uh, women and their giant offsprings, he didn't believe, according to the Book of Enoch, they were, they were housed away, they were put out of action and never to be seen again until the Judgment Day. Justin didn't go along with that. He said, no, no, they're still around. Hmm. They are... They are the bad angels. Apart from Satan, who fell uh, earlier on, these other angels are around, and they are not only uh, invisible and around as angels, and they're in their their um, fallen angels, 
and their offspring, or ghost offspring, are, are demons, they are actually the pagan gods. Mm. They are the ones that inhabit the, the idols, and they're the ones that are, are producing, that produced all this pagan religion. That's why they, the, the satyrs look like, they, they, are, they are demons, they're fallen angels, they're demons. Mm. So that, that's how all this business got going. And yeah. they identified, and the most ridiculous thing is that they identify these uh, uh, angels that say Thomas Aquinas will, will describe as pure intellect and gigantic, uh, uh, with gigantic uh, 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 attributes, uh, uh, much more than, than men, identify them with these little talking germs that we have in the synoptic gospels, you know, mm-hmm. that the, they are the indwelling demons. You know, it, 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 it's a real, it's a ridiculous move, but that's what happened. That's, and so that's how we get the idea of demons. <clears throat> yeah. And that's how the idea of demons gets connected to Satan. Yeah. Which then leads... Well, Satan is in charge. In, in, in my version of, you know, the, the um, Satan, the attorney general, He's in charge of the demons because he's in charge of diseases. He's in charge. That's part of his uh, testing. So that's saying that lawyers are yeah. are, are diseases. Is what yeah. The attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, so then, how, so then, then, then the next leap is, and this leads us back to the beginning. Uh-huh. The idea of Satan being associated with black magic, and the and the idea of calling forth demons and the power of. Yeah. Yeah. Drawing upon demons and uh, using them and appealing to them and making. Uh, making uh, agreements with with Satan and yeah. so on. So he, how did that how did that come to be? Well, you get it in the early saints' lives, and uh, these things aren't taken very seriously. But uh, there there was a whole area of magic of of uh, calling upon various things. You know, you read the entrails, uh, the the guts of chickens. You cut open a chicken and you you, you uh, see what the the future is like and. There's something called necromancy, which means uh, uh, fortune telling from uh, dead bodies, mm-hmm. and you have an example of that in uh, in the Book of Kings, where uh, Saul and uh, goes to this uh, what they call the Witch of Endor, mm-hmm. and uh, she summons up the shade, the from shale from Hades mm-hmm. of um, Saul uh, of. Uh, 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 who am I thinking? That's Saul. Of, uh, it's gone out of my head. That's all right. Anyway, uh, and uh, it's it's Saul that's summoning up the the big mentor of uh, of David, Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. And so there's also a phrase in the Bible, "Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live," and that's and that's kind of what spurred on the witch trials. Yeah, yeah. but by witch there, I mean, it means poisoner, basically. Witch does. Yeah, but in, that's a, in, that was, in that case, it, it means a poisoner. Because that was that was yeah. that came from yeah. um, other. That was a translation of magi. No, 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 no. It's it's a translation from the Hebrew of. Uh, I think I think in the Greek they they did use the term, uh, uh, meaning a, a worker of uh, poison. But not like not a witch is in a spellcaster. Uh, or. or it could it, it could it could mean that the, that is to say the the normal the, the word witch is is a bad uh, word to use because it means uh, basically a wise a wise person mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in in all the European languages the term they use is a sortilege mm-hmm. 
uh, sorcery, uh, which means casting sorts, ca casting lots, and it's got to do with fortune telling and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with, uh, and the fortune tellers, of course, use different methods. Right. Like, uh, and one of the methods that they started to use was appealing to these demons mm -hmm. and making a pact with them, or, or else trying to control the demons, you know, the high magic, yeah. as opposed to where you don't, yeah, you don't submit to the demons, but you control the demons. You know, so, yeah. so that's what uh, uh, some of these people, some of these so-called magicians, were trying to do. Um, so that's really the last development of Satan. That's kind of how we know him today. I say that uh, Satan's last job was to be put in charge of hell. Hmm. That's not. That's not in the Bible. And it's not in the early fathers. The early fathers thought that Satan and his angels, they fell down to the smoggy atmosphere above the earth, and that's where they lived. Hmm. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. And so that's, so that's his last job, is to be caretaker of hell. And, and how that happened, I'm not sure. But the Anglo-Saxon poems, uh, Genesis that's where they put and, him? Yeah, they, they, they have it <laughs> down there. And uh, Dante has the most ridiculous picture of all because he's got Satan falling uh, at the very beginning of time and, and with such a resounding smash that he um, hollows out all of hell and so forth. And he's stuck down there forever as a slobbering um, imbecile. Huh. And that's the way Dante experiences him down there. But Satan, in, a, in a divine comedy. Yeah, but Dante doesn't believe that because later on in Purgatorio, he's got him out and about. Huh. He talks about our old adversary, praying, you know, on the Our Father, yeah. uh, keep us from the old adversary up there on the top of the mountain of purgatory there at Eden. And he says, there's the serpent. And he said, there's the adversary. Huh. You know, so he doesn't believe it. And that's the only and most unrealistic thing in the whole of the Divine Comedy is to have Satan out of action down there because hmm. he doesn't believe it. It's not true. Right. Satan is not out of action. Right. He's wandering around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of so that's the that's the that's the last development is is him as caretaker of hell. Yeah, yeah I think it's uh, I think everything else from then on. My, the last part of my uh, book is fairly thin. Most most of my biography of Satan is going through every single biblical statement uh, about uh, Satan, especially in the New Testament, but mm -hmm. everything to show how that has been misread to uh, refer to an enemy of God and that it is, it is this uh, uh, celestial bureaucrat who is trying to, to who is overreaching his, his work, you know, and, uh, emasculating and, so, him. Yeah, and, and who's, going, who's going to be fired from his job yeah. uh, eventually. Um, and then everything else just takes off. Well, once he's, I call that the, the original biography, the, the new biography is turning Satan into God's enemy and uh, planting him in the Garden of Eden and doing everything else that he can to oppose God's kingdom. Hmm. I, so let me, let me ask you a couple hmm. other questions. We've got a couple minutes left, and uh -huh. I want to talk about some things, some, I guess it would be Satan-related um, uh, common popular beliefs, mm -hmm. uh, like the idea of uh, deals with the devil, yeah. so being able to summon the devil, <clears throat> being able to summon the devil and 
ask for something and then in uh-huh. exchange for your soul. I mean, did this come with Dr. Faustus? Was this the... You no, know, it, came with, uh, it came with the fourth chapter of uh, Luke and uh, Matthew. Oh, it's in the Bible. Well, it's there when Jesus says to... Uh, when Satan says to Jesus, look, here's a deal. Uh, I've been given all these things. I'll pass them on to you if you will fall down and, uh, and worship me. And uh, look, king of the world, you uh, can do everything. So that's, yeah. that's the first pact with the devil. Oh, wow. And everything else takes off from there. That's interesting. <clears throat> um, now, what about the Church of Satan? Anton LaVey in the 60s created yeah. the Church of Satan. Was that more based on new beliefs? It was uh, a, yeah, and that was a flash in the pan, too. Uh, his, his Satan was a fairly good guy. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the way he described it, because I remember yeah. reading it, and it was more of the indulgence in earthly pleasures as yeah. opposed to giving up for an afterlife. Yeah, right. It was kind right. of a philosophy. Yeah. It wasn't so much... People attributed the, you know that whole witchcraft thing we talked about, like uh-huh. attributing uh-huh. black magic to that, but it wasn't really about right. black mass or... Right, you yeah. Know. Everybody brings their own ideas. They they, they, they go up and... and uh, uh, rustle around in the attic of history right. <laughs> and pull ideas here and there and put them yeah. together yeah. You know, and use the same names sometime. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, uh, I did a, a big history of tragedy um, in my work at UCLA. And, uh, you know, it used to, that sort of thing used to fall under the history of ideas. But I define it as a history of words. Hmm. You know, that the word tragedy remains the same, but what you put into that what you mean by the word tragedy changes. So it's a, uh, and I quote Nietzsche that all words are pockets into which now this, now that is put in sometimes many things at once. Mm-hmm. So Satan is one of those pockets that you can, yeah. uh, you can make it mean whatever you want. Um, what about the greatest trick that he ever pulled in convincing the world he didn't exist? Where did that come from and do you think it's true? Oh, it's uh, Baudelaire and, saying that. Well, it, you know, you have to believe in the Satan uh, in right. the existence of Satan to, right. <laughs> to attribute to him his greatest trick. Yeah. But, uh, well, if he didn't exist, <clears throat> your book wouldn't exist. There wouldn't be... <laughs> yeah. So you have to, I guess, thank that for some respect. My first book actually was, uh, that was back in 1968, was um, put on the hypothesis that the devil doesn't exist and uh-huh. that we should, uh, that we should, Christianity is better off without Satan uh-huh. because it, it's caused a lot of trouble and that we should... Uh, uh, we're better off without him because we uh, we shouldn't blame other things, some invisible entity for doing things that, that we've done wrong. But the purport of this uh, last book of mine in 2006 is uh, that there is the Satan that is in the Bible and there's the Satan that was that was transformed and then forced back onto the Bible. If you believe that the Bible, because Satan is in the Bible, that you have to believe in the existence of Satan, then you should believe in the Satan who is actually in the Bible and not the Satan that was made up afterwards and imposed on the Bible. Mm-hmm. In other words, believe in Satan as the bureaucrat working for God and not the enemy working against God. Oh, but that's so much less dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't think of a better way to, to finish up. That was a great summation of everything. Um, I, I love the book, Dr. Kelly. How right. can people get in touch with you if they want to read your books? Uh, uh, or get... Oh, well, the, you, on Apple, the, don't don't go for the hardback, but the paperback, I think, is, I mean, on, uh, on Amazon? Amazon.com. It's a, Satan, a biography. Satan, a biography. Uh, there's Devil, Demonology, and Witchcraft is your yeah. book. Give my real name, too, because they might not. 
Dr. Uh, Henry Ansgar Kelly. Henry Henry Ansgar. Ansgar Kelly. Kelly. Oh, yeah, St. Ansgar was. Uh, I screwed that up. Yeah. And do you have a website, a personal website you want to give out? Yeah, I do. Um, anyway, just look up uh, UCLA English Faculty Kelly. And I'll have it on my website, fascinatingnouns.com. Yeah. You can do links. It's at the end of my, you know, my email. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll so, put it up there. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Kelly, thank you so much. It's been fascinating. Welcome, I love the book, good. man. It was, it was great. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening. Have a good night. Good.